Hey, hey, and welcome back. I know we took a little bit of a break from our podcast, but we are back with the Mountain Strength podcast. A few things have gone on. Our name has slightly changed from Mountain Strength CrossFit to Mountain Strength Fitness uh, here in Winchester, Massachusetts. Uh, But actually, that's going back to our original name. Uh, We started off as Mountain Strength Fitness back in 2008. We're just continuing that legacy with a slight name change away from CrossFit. Uh, Everything else in the gym is going to be the same, though. So it's A-OK. We're still going to be doing cool things, crushing PRs, and getting our Fran on. Okay, Uh, But here in Massachusetts, gyms are starting to reopen back up. As of Monday, uh, this Monday upcoming, Uh, We'll be allowed to do some indoor training, some personal training, Uh, which leads me to, hey, maybe you have not been working out in the last three months during this COVID shutdown here in the United States. And what do you do to get back to it? So we're going to cover over that. We're going to cover some private training, nutrition, sleep, accessory work, and what to do after that. So let's talk about starting back up at the gym. Uh, If you've been away... Uh, some businesses have closed during this time. So your gym that you were going to, uh, if you weren't a member of Mountain Strength, uh, may not be there. So when you're looking for a new gym, what should you be looking for? Uh, one uh, should be a welcoming atmosphere. Uh, make sure that when you contact that gym that they are responding in due time. Uh, usually within 24 hours is a good indication. Within four hours is a great indication of their customer service. Checking out first their response time. Second, are they inviting you in? Are they asking you the right questions? A gym should be asking you about your medical history, about your workout history, what have you been doing over the last three months, and what your goals are. Their program may not be right for your goals. There might be something else other than group fitness classes uh, to achieve your goals. So if you're looking to, say, PR your marathon time, going to a powerlifting gym just may not do it. But on the surface, it may not look like it. They may have an endurance coach on staff that you just don't know about. So asking the right questions about your goals and if they can accommodate what you're looking for is the best way to get started back up. All right. From there, uh, if they do not have a free trial, at least there should be a one-on-one in-person meet and greet or a phone call, or like we've been doing at our gym, is we've been doing online Zoom calls, so video conferencing calls with people. So at least we're face-to-face and we can talk and go over uh, any concerns, medical history, things like that. Once uh, we get through that, trying out a free class or trying out a free one-on-one program, going from there into the group classes. So you should make sure that it's right for you and that the classes are not too technical, right? You were starting back up. Maybe we haven't been doing anything. You know, our body's tight. So there should be a warm-up involved. The workouts shouldn't be crushing people too much. They should be rejuvenating you uh, and just kind of making you feel good. Uh, 
staying away from barbells at first is a good idea and slowly working those back in. Or if you've never done barbell training, it's probably best to start off with some private one-on-one training to get those complicated lifts under your belt uh, before incorporating them into a group fitness class. So going from there, like PT, let's talk about private training. Uh, this can be done one-on-one, or in some cases, two-to-one, you and a, tra- a training buddy and a coach. Uh, in this new world of you know post-COVID or currently still kind of going on right now, uh, the coach is probably going to be socially distant. You know, There's going to be space between you. Being able to understand your coach properly and them understand you is going to uh, go a long way. Uh, There's going to be some things missing like tactile cues where a coach would touch a certain area of your body. Those are not going to be kind of allowed at the moment. So being able to understand the speech and the terminology and the coach needs to be able to get their point across to you uh, for you to be safe. Okay, so there, you know, maybe there's a language barrier or a, or a terminology barrier that you need to get over. So just make sure you get the right coach that kind of fits in with you and allows you to express the movement they're trying to do. Okay, so going on from private training, which is a great way to get into the gym. So doing three to six weeks of private training, two to three times a week with a coach, you're under supervision, you're kind of under a guided program. It can be a linear style program where they kind of increment it depending on if you're doing well or not, or going backwards, incrementally linear and heavy, like getting heavier or getting faster. But you can also go the other way where you're cutting down reps, uh, this progression and regression. And a good coach should know when to progress you and when to regress you uh, to keep you in the sweet spot. Six weeks of that, you'd be ready back into doing things and also like getting in some walking or running in on your own two to three times a week. Now the two things that during this shutdown that most people have really let slide are sleep and nutrition. Those are the two big ones. Uh, I'll tell you right now that without proper sleep and nutrition, you're just kind of putting on a Band-Aid on a lot of things. Uh, If you're working out hard, it will eventually catch up to you and things start to go all sorts of wonky. You know, injuries start to happen, just not hitting PRs. You're just not doing things to the level that you could be doing if you had eight to 10 hours of sleep, if you're eating properly, if you're staying away from alcohol and sugar, uh, and you're drinking lots of water uh, and lots of vegetables. Don't have to be a vegetarian, does help, but adding in you know some good protein sources, uh, omega fats, these are all things that kind of go a long way in your performance. And it's not something that will really help you right now, but it'll help you like tomorrow. You know, you're fueling for the day or two in advance, uh, not necessarily for that day. Okay, so if you're trying to make up for it that day, you kind of missed the boat. You should be thinking about the optimal nutrition and sleep 24 to 48 hours before you need to perform. Okay, ideally, you would just be your lifestyle. You would eat well, you would sleep well, you work out well. That's kind of how it works. Now, once you've got some good workouts under your belt, you know, things are going well, maybe you're in PT or you're in some really good 
group classes that make start to make you feel confident, feel good. Should be some accessory work in there, some lagging body parts. Over the last couple of months, a lot of people have been working too much, working more than they would in the office and moving less. We're not traveling or taking public transportation during this time, not walking around. So definitely add in some 45 minutes to an hour of walking a day. Uh, there are some lagging body parts like pulling. We, if we're sitting at a desk all day, we tend to shoulders tend to slump forward, tend to pull ourselves forward. It's just really not conducive to getting back into working out. Really work on some accessory work like some dumbbell rows or some TRX pulls, uh, hanging from a pull-up bar and working on scat pull-ups or scat push-ups on the ground. Uh, these are things that can really help you shore up some weak spots in your upper body. Now in the lower body, I believe it's more important to get in some more ex some more stretches. So a lot of lunge st style stretches, some hip flexor stretches, because we're sitting, we're usually in a sitting position, so our hip flexors shorten up a lot, and our quads get to feel it. So you think it might be tight quads, but it's really your hip flexors or your glutes that are just stop firing. So taking care of those two areas uh, before and after working out, and even on your off days, is going to go a long way. So take breaks if you're sitting at a desk all day to get in some extra stretch and to open yourself up in the opposite direction. Open your legs up, open your hips up, open your chest up, and you get your shoulders back, stand tall. Uh, these are things that are going to help reverse the effects of sitting for long periods of time. And then what's next? What do we do after this? Let's see, we got our sleep down. We start eating right. We start working out two to three times a week. We start walking two to three times a week at about 45 minutes to an hour. Consistent with this. This is the big key, being consistent. Now the body is really funny that the body needs about 30 days of consistency for it to start to adapt and even adapts very slowly at first. So then we get it, that's like four weeks of consistency. Right around the six-week mark, things really start to take off. So if you can do four to six weeks of real good consistency, great sleep, great eating, you know, paying attention to your workouts and not going hard and fast and just, just getting the minimum effective dosage down, you'll start to see results in about six weeks. Now, these results might be muscle gain. They might be fat loss. Uh, they may be mood you may be in a better mood. Your posture may start to improve. All these things start to come in around there. And then this is usually where most people start to give up around week four, week five. Like, ah, I've been doing this. Um, so I'm just trying to encourage you to stick with it for about six weeks. Really push through the sticky parts, right? And then you're going to start to see things change and turn around. You're going to start to feel better. Now, if we say from here, six weeks out from now, it's... Uh, June 19th today. So we're getting into the end of July. Well, by the time we hit August, we're we're hitting the ground running in August. We can start amping up our workouts, start increasing some weights, maybe add a little longer runs, maybe start going hiking or trail running at that point, mountain biking, things like that. So it's really important that you start to hit these little markers when you're getting back into the gym. Okay, start with one thing. And, and the easiest thing to do, 
is to just work on your sleep first. And that usually involves cutting out alcohol in the evening, right? Uh, or sugar or snacks in the evening. So there's a little bit of nutrition that goes along with getting good and sleep. Uh, there's also a little bit of electronics, taking out of electronics, like blue light can keep you from falling to sleep as well. So making sure that you're shutting off the screens by, say, 9 or 10 o'clock, giving yourself about an hour before bedtime uh, to really work on this. Then adding in better nutrition. So when you get up in the morning, make sure that you uh, you have your food ready. So some meal prepping would be the second part of this. Once you start getting your sleep pattern down, you've reduced your uh, sugar intake, your alcohol intake, and your electronics in the evening. Uh, start working on meal prepping. Meal prepping is going to be the secondary thing after sleep. So you pick a day. Normally most people pick Sundays. Could be Saturday, could be Friday. It's whatever works with your schedule. And planning out what you're going to eat for the week. And this also involves uh, the days that you're working out, adding 100 to 200 calories, you know, maybe up to 300 calories, depending on how hard you're working out for that day. And on days you're not working out, you're reducing those calories down 200, 300 calories, okay? Uh, so that, that's really the difference between a snack during the day or not having a snack during the day. Most people's snacks are about 200, 300 calories. So just be aware of what you're eating. And then once you get your meal prepping down and you've get your uh, nutrition down you can start working on the quality of that nutrition so at first don't worry about how good or bad what you're eating is I like to do the good better best scale is this good is this better or is this the best uh, and if it's just good that's okay you don't have to always have the best food in fact even when I was eating you know slightly poorly I was still able to perform well because my macros, uh, my carbohydrates, proteins, and fats were still dialed into the ratios that I needed. Uh, was it the greatest? No, it, but they're what I could make work at the time. Uh, was there a time where I did hit everything perfectly? Pretty good. I'd say there was a time in my life mainly before children, uh, that I was hitting 90% of my nutrition goals. And if I go look back at pictures there, I knew I had uh, about a 10% body fat and I was working out all the time. But as the years go on, it just becomes what we can do with what we got. You know, what is the best I can do today? Uh, if I'm prepping on Saturday or Sunday, okay, I can make, I can go to the store, I can plan and I can execute that plan to the best of my ability and even if things come up if you've already planned the meals and there's stuff that you can travel with even if things come up you are prepared and you're ready to take on the day now after sleep nutrition then we can get to the quality of your workouts now in the beginning all workouts should be done uh, fairly well moderate pace we shouldn't be crushing ourselves and then you know start looking at goals okay what do I want to do I want to build muscle do I want to get faster do I want to do both uh, do I want to be a CrossFit athlete do I want to just look good naked or do I just want to be able to chase my kids around the yard today so these are all like little different micro goals that you can sprinkle in there uh, that should color your bigger goals of what you're doing. So maybe deadlifting 600 pounds is not going to help you be a better father. But 400 pounds might. So it's not always about 
you know, the end goal on the bar or what your performance is during that workout, if you're consistent with your workouts, if you're constantly adding in a little bit of challenge, uh, and I usually say pushing the envelope, but 10% of your workout should be hard, then you're going to see success. You're going to see change. And change in the world of fitness is slower than most people think it is. Uh, like I said, it takes the body about six weeks to kind of figure out you want it to change and then probably another six weeks before you start seeing really significant changes. You know, 12 weeks, that's three months. That's, uh, that's a commitment to fitness. That's three-month commitment right there to making sure that you're on the right path. Now, usually if you can stick with it three months and you're doing really well, well, that's going to translate into years and years of benefits. You're going to reap all the benefits of that consistency of that knowledge you gain from meal prepping, uh, from what works for you, what doesn't work for you, when to go hard for a workout, when not to go hard for a workout. All these things come with experience. Now, luckily in our gym, we have coaches that have gone through all these different phases that a person starting at the gym has gone through. And so we're able to really help you navigate the choppy waters of what's best, what's not best, uh, what's information out there that has been debunked or maybe, you know, doesn't really work. May look good on Instagram, but once you get into the gym, it's all fluff. So those are definitely some things that we want to look at. And getting the ear of an experienced coach or uh, person at the gym goes a long way. It's always best to be guided on your journey than to try and figure it out for yourself because that's how we get to the end faster. You know, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to get somewhere, go with each other, right? I'm paraphrasing an, an old phrase there, but kind of get the idea. So that's all our points. So what I want you to do when you're starting back at the gym, one, look at the gym, make sure it's the gym you want to be at. Make sure that the people, the community, the staff, the culture of the gym really lines up with your goals and what you're looking to do. Uh, start off with private training if you can. Just even a couple weeks of private training with a coach will bring you a long, long way. Then just be consistent with your workouts. Don't go too hard too fast. Just stay in the middle ground for a while. Get good sleep. Dial in your nutrition. Then start adding in some accessory work and then set some goals. Okay, work with a coach, start setting some goals, and uh, start moving forward. Like I said, this is about a three-month journey, so take your time picking the gym that you want to go to. You're going to commit to at least three months at this place, uh, and most boutique gyms, you know, they do have a price pretty high for for these style gyms. So that your level of commitment should match the level of commitment of the gym, and vice versa. They should be meeting you here. Okay, they should be as committed as you are to your goal. So that's uh, my advice for starting off at a gym, especially coming out of like three months of just being stuck at home. This is a great time to start up some private training, if you, especially if you've never done it. Find a place to kind of start working on it and starting that fitness journey either from the beginning or restarting it from uh, when we stopped. All right, so that's all I got for today. And I hope uh, hope you learned something. I hope uh, something was valuable to you. Uh, if you did like this, please uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, give us uh, some likes. Join us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, review the podcast. Give us five stars. 
were awesome. And I will see you later. Have a good one.